everybody on a beautiful Monday in the state of Wisconsin. It is the Bill Michaels show. No bill today. He is back tomorrow off doing some some charity obligations. Uh, But Ben Kenny in for Bill, obviously Bill's producer. You hear me crack jokes from time to time with me is Grant Bill's Grant. Good morning. Good morning, Ben. You're so much more than jokes. Come on now. Ah, Just a couple smart comments here and there. I think that's what I'm known for more on this show and for a disaster of a golf game. But that's that. So good weekend. This was for me. It was kind of a mood changing weekend. And I'm going to tie this into the Brewers. But I've been moving apartments. It's taken probably a little bit too long. It's a very anxious time for me. Like, I don't do well with the uncertainty of having to move stuff. And then you got to go buy the rest of the stuff. You got to put it all together. I finally got settled this weekend. The couch came. I put it together. Everything is finally done. So by the end of Sunday, I'm sitting. I'm watching the U.S. Open. Beautiful night out in Madison. But it was kind of a mood changing. Like, the anxiety from moving is finally gone. And I moved the same weekend you did, by the way. I'm getting my couch tonight. So you still beat me. Oh, it is a it is a uh, outlook changing moment, really, when when that happens, because before it's an apartment that looks like it's bare. And then after it comes, it just changes the entire aesthetic and it it changes the vibe. Now, for the Brewers, a similar thing kind of happened. They were three and 11 to start the month of June after losing two of three to the Mets early last week. And obviously the losing streak, we know all about it. It took Craig council 12 games to win his final two to pass Phil Gardner for most wins as a manager in Brewers history. Yet now they come back. And since we had last talked on Friday, they sweep the reds. And I guess it's a mood changing weekend for the Milwaukee Brewers because they were on probably the most major skid we've seen them be on in some years. And then finally, they weren't healthy. They get some guys back. They go in. They sweep a bad Reds team. So, Grant, all is good. The Brewers are back. I don't want to downplay the importance of sweeping the Reds because they almost got swept by the Nationals last weekend. So, I used to take the Reds or the Pirates as a foregone conclusion. The last couple of weeks, I've stopped doing that. So, sweeping the Reds is a huge deal. It doesn't mean they're a contender, doesn't mean they're back, but it was certainly a step in the right direction. I just getting healthy, I think, is a huge part of what this team needs. And that's this week, right? You saw Adamas and Renfro, who missed time. They've been back, but I think they're finally comfortable. And McCutcheon, who went over 30 or something and missed a bunch of time with COVID, I think he's now feeling comfortable as well. So even though a couple of these guys have been back, now they're getting comfortable. And the wins and the losses, I think, by the end of the season, shake themselves out. You have good and bad stretches. This week, I think they're just getting comfortable again, and it helps to do that against the Reds. They make it easy. The Twitter poll question of the 10 a.m. hour, it's up on my Twitter, at Benzie Kenny. Did the Brewers turn a corner with the weekend sweep of the Reds? Either yes or no. It was just the absolutely horrible Cincinnati Reds. Grant, the Brewers swept them without having Josh Hader, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, or Freddie Peralta throw a single pitch. I think it's undeniable. Those are probably the best four players on your baseball team. And yet you went in and did it without any of them actually having to pitch. Obviously, some of them are hurt. Josh Hader's out for a bit. Paternity list, I believe. And then Burns, it just wasn't a a scheduled start. To me, if we're looking at season-wide outlook, it didn't necessarily change where I'm at. 
This is a big week coming up. They have the Cardinals at home for four, and then they get the Blue Jays. Now, a five and two week, I believe there are seven games, five and two week, then that would change the outlook of maybe this team had turned the corner from the struggles we had seen. But health is definitely a big part. Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas, guys who had been dealing with injuries, had since returned five home runs combined in the series against Cincinnati. Renfro homered in every game. So, yeah, when the team gets back and healthy, that's when you're going to see them achieve what we expect them to do, which is probably win the NL Central, go on to the playoffs, and then see what happens. I will say, though, it did feel like after all of the struggles against some good teams, some not-so-good teams, it did feel like this series has turned them from the doldrums or that basement that they were in for however long. Like, yeah, yeah, it's impressive that they did it. Yeah, it's the Reds. But I look at it in an optimistic view, kind of like I mentioned with the apartment getting all sorted out. I It wasn't necessarily a major milestone, say, or a big, you know, headline grabbing move up to the top five in the power rankings kind of weekend. But it is something I think that changes the mood going forward. If they had won two out of three, I would be a lot more uh, skeptical of where they're at right now. Sweeping the Reds, it might not be significant we're not going to talk about it in september or october it's like in basketball when a three-point shooter sees the ball go through the hoop you know what i mean if you've been struggling for three quarters and with five minutes left in the third it's some random tuesday night game you know a three-point shooter gets to see the ball go through the hoop in the grand scheme of things that shot isn't important but just sometimes it's it's what it means right finally seeing the ball go through feeling kind of like you're back on the tracks hopefully that's what this weekend was hopefully now they have four games against the cardinals so they don't really have long to celebrate it at all. But I think that was like seeing the ball go through the hoop. Hopefully that helps them put the train back on the track. Yeah, we're going to get into that Cardinals series coming up later in the show. Big show today. Grant, the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open obviously concluded yesterday. And are, you're like a new found golf guy, right? Or you're trying to get into it? Y- yeah. I. So we had a family get together yesterday. A lot of cousins, their kids, like a huge function at my house. And I found myself sneaking away off of the deck into the living room to check. Wow. I was into it. It wasn't just me forcing myself to watch for the sake of content for the show because nothing else is going on. I was interested. And in the last hole, I was standing in my living room and my grandma and my sister and my mom and dad were there and we're all watching. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pulling for the Zalatoris guy. And I felt like I had my mind wrapped around what was going on, which is normally a huge issue for me watching golf because I don't play. I know it's a simple sport, but it's the way it's formatted and everything. Yeah, I, I, I'm liking this, Ben. I might become a golf guy. So it was amazing this weekend watching. I watched way too much golf. I, I didn't have that much going on. Obviously, my well, you finished your move. You had to reward yourself. Well, I finished the move. And obviously on Sunday, like I, I talked to my dad for a long time, but my family is out east. So there wasn't a, a physical hangout that happened. So, I mean, it was beautiful out, but I still could not stop watching what was an amazing U.S. Open. And the best part about it for me was the fact that all this live stuff went to the side and all the live players absolutely sucked because you don't actually have to play good golf to play in that tour. And then you have young studs that could not be bought. And all they talk about is legacy and achievement and winning these big events, even throw Rahm in there who isn't young, but all the guys that have been championing the tour and saying that they're staying because they play it for the love of the game and to win, they were the guys battling on Sunday. And I think it's expected 
because they're the best players in the world right now. But I think it was great as a fan because a lot of this is talking about the business and who's screwing who and how is it going to go in terms of media rights and where they make money. But in terms of a fan, from a fan perspective, I think yesterday was a perfect Sunday. And I I wanted to make it interesting today because, yeah, it's golf. And maybe not everybody was locked into it or really cared. I can assure you across the country, fathers everywhere on Father's Day were taking a beautiful nap during the back nine at some point (laughs) as they were turning like the 13th hole, 14th hole. But the storylines of the guys at the top, I think, are interesting. I think they play into NFL quarterbacks or athletes we see across sport. And we had talked about this a little bit yesterday. So Matt Fitzpatrick wins. Now, first of all, uh, England finally picked up a win in the city of Boston after waiting 200 plus years Uh, Two on the bags. They were carrying actually for the tournament, Uh, the country club in Brookline. They had their own branded bags and right above the players names are two lanterns for Paul Revere. And then the date, April 18th, 1775. I found it hilarious that there were Englishmen carrying bags that were championing the war that the English obviously lost. But excellent. Fitzpatrick's a guy that completely changed his body and his game really in the last two years. He used to be, and I mean this as a compliment, this is not a shot by any means, but he used to be a little boy. Like he, he used to not really hit it with the big guys. He was a steady player. He, but when you would go up against a major layout or all the big hitters, he would struggle because he just wasn't long enough off the tee. He didn't hit the ball hard enough, pretty much to put, put it simply since I think two years ago, since COVID, he has completely transformed his game. He was out driving everybody this week. And it was a transformation that brought me to, uh, like, where else have we seen this, right? And my first thought was Josh Allen. I think that's the best comp I can come up for Matt Fitzpatrick. Josh Allen was a guy who was raw coming out of college. Didn't have, he wasn't the most accurate guy. He was up and down. And then there was one off season where it clicked. And the accuracy came, and then now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Matt Fitzpatrick, similar in that right to me. And then the guy you mentioned, Will Zalatoris, he has now nine major starts, Grant. uh, Six of them, he finished in the top ten. He has multiple runner-ups. He is four shots away from having three major wins, which is a crazy number to think of. He has literally... he, He gets up for the big, the big ones. But only the big ones. Yeah. During the normal tour events, he is okay, but not great by any means. The guy that he reminded me of in that light was Eli Manning, a guy that, I mean, I'll drag him. He's a Giants quarterback. He was the most average quarterback, I think, in NFL history. But then he yeah. had a couple great postseason runs. That's what Will Zalatoris does. As soon as they well, get to the postseason or the majors, he's a different guy. Well, can I ask you, you are a much bigger golf fan. I, I'm, I'm budding. I'm aspiring. When you compare golfers and talk about different golfers, is that something you say? Like, would you criticize a golfer? Would you say to bar to your buddy? Yeah, I really like Will Zalatoris. He's great, but he doesn't show up in, in, in these games. Cause like with Jimmy Butler in the NBA, another guy like this, like, I don't think we criticize Jimmy Butler in the midst of a playoff run where we're like, man, he's great in the, in the second round, but where was he in January? Like no one criticizes him really for being poor in the regular season. Is that a thing in golf where if a guy shows up at majors, but nowhere else, is that a, is that a bad thing? Or is that just something we don't really talk about? 
Oh, Jimmy Butler's a good comp for that as well. It's something you bring up. Uh, there are numerous stars that are amazing when it's easy. Or you look at the NBA, yeah. the guy who's amazing in the regular season. Like Patrick Cantlay, and I, that's a name drop. We don't have to get into his career. But struggles in majors, just isn't good. He's not a grinder, not good on hard courses. I could equate him to a James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Guys that when the playing style and when the refs call the game differently, when the course comes and fights back, they just don't have it come postseason time. So, but yeah, great, great weekend watching the U.S. Open. 877-867-1670 is how you get a hold of the program. Did the Brewers turn a corner with their sweep of the Reds? Twitter poll up at Benzie Kenny on Twitter. You can follow him at Wisco Grant. Either yes or no, it was just the Reds. Right now, 66% say no. It was just playing the Reds, and we need to see what happens this week to really say that they have turned the corner. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We'll take your phone calls next segment. Where are you at with this Brewers team? What did you think watching the U.S. Open yesterday? And Craig Council, Grant, he deserves a lot of credit. There's one thing that Council has done in the last couple weeks that I think should be applauded for and might be a big reason this team finds success going in to July and into the playoffs. It is Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels today, 877-867-1670. That's how you get a hold of the program. Take your phone calls. Uh, where are you at with this Brewers team? Did this weekend series against the Reds change, say, your outlook on where they stand right now? Uh, Grant, so they're obviously not healthy, right? They're still without Brandon Woodruff. Josh Hader, paternity list, correct? He'll be back soon. Yes. So they have been playing really shorthanded and especially in the rotation. So I think when a lot of people saw the losing streak, the first thought out of mind was, you know, they have to go make a move. They have to go get someone to change what is going on. And you mentioned it last segment. I agree where I've always stood is as soon as the guys come back, this is a really good baseball team. I didn't really know what move could have been made to change where they stood in that losing streak. But I'll go back to the Mets series. It has felt like after the Phillies disaster, after the sweep there, and after the Nationals disaster, a horrible Nationals team, it has felt like the Mets series, even though they lost two of three, and then the Red series, it has felt a little different. I'm going to say the corner has been turned. They could have won game three very easily against the Mets. I know we talked about that this morning. A lot of Brewers fans were really frustrated by that game because they thought maybe that it was one that they blew or that got away, whatever. They were right there. Um, I, I do agree. Something in that Mets series started to feel a little bit better. I think Craig Council's teams have always played up to competition. I think they played down to competition too. But I feel like a couple times in the last few seasons, look at what they're doing against the Dodgers or the Padres on the West Coast, you know, and then they'll go and get swept in a little two-game series against a terrible Royals team. So this team always seems to play up or down to its competition. I do feel like something maybe switched during that Met series and then they put it to good use against the Reds. Does that make sense? 
It does. I I think, I mean, they got crushed in game one against the Mets. I'll even go back to Wednesday when they finally got counsel. I don't know how much of it could be this, but they finally got counsel the record. It took them 11 games to win the final two, which was surprising given how good the team was, you know, going into the month. But there could be something there of maybe they just had to go get counsel this milestone and not have that story still be there. Because I remember we talked every day. It's like they still cannot get this guy the record. And it's been two weeks. I don't know if that record was hanging over their heads. I think it was just nice that they had something to celebrate. Like they, they had been losing and they'd been dealing with injuries and they finally had a night to talk about something else and to celebrate something else and a reason to all kind of be happy together. And I think that made have made a world of difference. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But when you're, you're playing these three city road trips and you keep losing just something fresh, something new to talk about and experience together that hopefully made a difference. Yeah. The Phillies who obviously have turned a major corner and I'll connect this because I think it's relevant here. Kyle Schwarber said after Joe Girardi got fired, we need to have more fun celebrating things. So they started a tradition where after every win, they'll sit in the clubhouse and they'll toast to someone, something minor and may seem very cliche and stupid, but they said, yeah, we have to find a way to have more fun with winning because you can't take that just for granted. I think, well, Willie Adamas said they gave council a beer shower. They put him in the shopping cart in the showers and which I don't know how many managers would let his team do that. Council does seem like the guy that would. But, yeah, I think the celebration part is no doubt part of it. And then, obviously, uh, you get Renfro back playing well, and you get Adamas playing well. But, yeah, after Tuesday, as soon as they got that 10-2 to win on Wednesday, the vibe does feel a little different. Maybe it's just my confidence when watching them. But during that losing streak, it felt like everything was going wrong. Like mm-hmm. that Padre yeah. series and even the game they came back and won. It just felt usually when I watch the Brewers play, I always feel like they are going to make the next great play to win a game. And I don't know. That's not quantifiable. It's just how I feel. And then yeah. the Padres series, everything just felt like was going against them. The Phillies obviously as well when Hater blows the save. But then as soon as they win that game, 10 to two against the Mets and carry it over. Yeah. I don't really have much of a problem saying that that this team is back to at least a point of they're at the top of the NL Central. I don't know if I'd put them above the Cardinals at this point in my brain power rankings. You haven't you ever written those down? You just keep those in your head. No, they're all they're always mental. They stay mental. Okay, well then you can update them in real time. That's nice. Uh, You don't have to write anything down or, or edit anything. I this series against the Cardinals is so compelling. If you have a couple of minutes today. Uh, both of the athletic beat reporters for the Cardinals and the Brewers, uh, Katie Wu and Will Salmon, wrote this article together. And I read it right before we went on. So many good statistics. The Brewers are good at one thing, and the Cardinals are good at the other thing. It's a very yin and yang situation. Like the Cardinals hit the hell out of the ball and have elite position players. And they're trying to figure out, especially their bullpen, but also trying to get their starting pitching going. And the Brewers are the exact opposite. And they're tied right now which sets up this really compelling four-game series. I'm excited to watch these games and, and talk about them. Ben, may I share a stat with you? Like, this is maybe the one thing we should watch going into the series. Absolutely. Okay, so this is what Will Salmon, the Brewers writer, said. We need to learn if the Brewers can hit against a good team. Listen to this. Against teams 500 or better, Milwaukee has a 598 OPS that's worse than the NL and better only than the Rays and Tigers. This is even wilder. 
of the Brewers' 89 home runs, which is third best in the majors, only 20 are against teams 500 or better. Ooh. That's like, I know the Brewers have beaten up on bad teams, but that is yikes. Well, That's horrendous. The the eye test kind of agrees with that, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, Yelich, when he went on that little run and posted his Twitter videos that turned into a huge <laughs> slump, he had he bombs against up. the Cubs. He had bombs against the Reds and he had bombs against the Pirates. You look at this last series, Renfro goes deep in all three games. Adamas goes deep in two of three. The eye test agrees with that. Yeah. Your, your mental power rankings agree with that too. Yeah. I'm a big eye test guy. There was big controversy this weekend actually, because these mm. guys I follow that are uh, normal golf commentators just cannot okay. get off of this shtick that Scotty Scheffler doesn't pass the eye test. <laughs> and this wow. is down a rabbit hole, but that's like saying, I don't, who was a, who was a guy that had just achieved, like who has had the best year of sports? Take it like Steph, for instance. Okay. Let's use Steph. Mm-hmm. Scotty Scheffler has won four tournaments this year. He won the masters. He then just competed and was a shot back out of a playoff in the U S open. Yet they cannot get off of the take that watching him. He just doesn't pass the eye test. He doesn't look mm. like he's that good. Which, you know, we, there's it's stupid and it may, makes no sense. Maybe in touch with that with Giannis until he won his title where he would win MVPs and he would do all these things and smart basketball guys. And I don't blame them would say, yeah, but I'd still take KD because it looks better. He's got a pure shot. He looks more like a natural basketball player. But I and I don't know golf at all. But at no point was I watching yesterday thinking, yeah, I know Shuffler's he's up there, but I this is a hitch in his swing or, or something. I don't know. Nothing jumped out to me. Yeah, That's I guess funny, he's though. not as proper. Is the word that many like to use. This is why I want to love golf, is because none of these things really happen. I, I know I just gave an NBA example, but golf is just its own thing. I, I'm trying to get into golf and I'm trying to get into the Stanley Cup finals, which has been surprisingly easy for someone who never watches hockey. I've enjoyed it. Oh, I've always been a big fan of the Stanley Cup playoffs in general. And yeah. I did not watch the seven nothing beatdown on Saturday, but I did I look either. at the scoreboard and saw that it was insane. It's such a cool sport, and I don't like soccer. I don't. I don't dislike it. I've just never gotten into it and never been a fan. But it's such I a tried. cool. It's such a cool sport when you know when you're watching, you know that you could see the urgency in every player. You know there are so many times in sports where you can watch and you could tell the players aren't really as into Mm -hmm. it as maybe you would like them to be, or at least for your entertainment, when you could see the urgency come through the television, as soon as the puck gets dropped that, I mean, it makes for unbelievably good television. Power, power plays are the same way. You can feel it. Like when the puck gets cleared and there's 30 seconds left on a power play and you're cheering for the team that's got the advantage. Oh, speaking of eye test really quickly, just one hockey thing. There's this guy who plays for the Avalanche, and I need to memorize his name, uh, McKinnon. Yeah. He, as someone who doesn't watch hockey, can I, I was watching game one alone in my apartment, and I said, okay, that guy's really good because he just moves faster. He, he's just better, and you can tell. So if, if I can tell, that means he's really good, right? And I feel like the same way with golf. If someone jumps off the screen, I guess maybe Scotty Scheffler doesn't. If I can tell, that means it's it's a pretty compelling athlete or a pretty compelling product. So I've enjoyed that about golf and hockey. I guess the joke is that Scotty Scheffler actually does pass every test, 
just to some, they just don't like some of the mechanics he uses. Can't get there. Where it just doesn't seem repeatable, even though it is wildly repeatable. Speaking of the eye test, and I wanted to get into this next, Jason Alexander picked up his first career win this weekend. He is now 1-0 in four stars with a 2-4 ERA. I don't want to be this pessimistic guy today, but like he has done a terrific job filling in. But I am really pessimistic. Of I, I, I'm not confident in his ability going forward. He is a guy on the Brewers. Speaking of where are they at right now, who has played well, what could we take going forward? Jason Alexander has not passed any sort of eye test. <laughs> his name doesn't even pass the eye test. He's a meme. Now you know I'm not a Seinfeld guy, so I miss all these references. You, they're dumb. It's, you don't need to get the references. Like when he was called up, you're like, "Oh, this is funny," and you thought that that was going to be it for him, and he's actually been okay. He's been pretty decent. Yeah, 22 uh, and a third innings, six earned runs, eight runs overall. I think the Brewers have won every game he started, if I'm not mistaken, or at least have won the majority of them. But yeah, he picked up his first win. He has a walks and hits per innings pitched of 1.7, which is... That's the eye test part that I was going to mention. That's why you just can't get there. Speak about not repeatable, right? Like uh, the best people in sports are, they're able to be so consistent at the good things they do, but because they never are bad, it just turns into greatness, if that makes sense. Like Corbin Burns, even when he's off, he can then make pitches to get him out of it. Jason Alexander, I... Yeah, the eye test hates him. His, I mean, his, his FIP is 3.6. So you would expect it would, his ERA to rise a bit here, but I, I don't know. He's done a terrific job. And this weekend was another positive, I guess, but well, you know, where, where would this Brewers team be? They've lost all these games. Where would they be without Jason Alexander and Hobie Milner? Hobie Milner doesn't pass the eye test simply because his name is Hobie Milner. And he's really <laughs> scared. Another guy who doesn't pass the eye test, but I think he's, inherited 13 runners this year i read this morning and none of them have scored so you could talk about how the brewers have been unlucky and they've dealt with injuries but you've gotten a little good bump from guys you didn't really expect to play this well too so it could be a lot worse oh and the week before the week before the one that just ended when the brewers went one and five the one game they won was the one started by jason alexander somehow like that was the week that even corbin burns didn't really bring it so we'll see he is slated to start i believe thursday of this week looking ahead through what the Brewers have coming up today. Corbin Burns, Miles Michaelis on the hill. Uh, Brewers home against the Cardinals. Tuesday, Aaron Ashby, Jack Flaherty, who I don't know how many starts he has this year, but he definitely he just came back like last week, didn't he? Yeah, one start. He pitched three innings, gave up a couple runs. That's one of their more talented arms who had missed a big stretch of time. Ashby struggled his last start. Then Wednesday, Eric Lauer on the hill against Adam Wainwright. I am so ready for Adam Wainwright to retire. I'm so done with him. Dude, how do you think I feel about about uh, Waino and Yadi Molina? Anytime that these guys want to go away, go. Goodbye. Then Thursday, you have Jason Alexander against Dakota Hudson. So four games set and... I'll put this out there, Graham. We're going to get into this as the show goes on. But what would what should be considered a success in these there four games? What should we expect the Brewers to come away with? Because mm. where I'm at right now, I'd be thrilled with a split. 
yeah, you're going against their four best pitchers. They're, they got their four studs. The Brewers haven't hit good teams well. The Cardinals don't have elite starting pitching, but you are seeing their four best guys. Man, it would be great to see them just knock the ball around for the next four games. I, I think I'd probably take a split, too, given how the Brewers have played. Yeah, yeah, I'd take a split. We could talk about details from there, but I, mean, I think conversation starts with if you can split this series, that's a great start. Yeah, I would even look at one and three is not the end of the world. It depends how it happens, though, right? If they play great and the Cardinals are just hot and are one of the best teams in baseball, it's a little more understandable. Yet if you see drastic flaws that we've seen pop up through the last three weeks, then you look at that one and three a little differently. But 877-867-1670, we could take your calls next. That's how you get a hold of the program. Where are you at right now? Did this weekend against the Reds change your outlook? We have a lot of stuff coming up, Grant. And first, Mm -hmm. I... I faced a little bit of a disaster on Saturday night. I forgot about this. And I want to bring it to the court of public opinion. I need to carefully craft it so I don't sound like an ass, for lack of a better term. But I'm going to bring it to the court of a public opinion. Coming up next, we're talking Brewers. We're talking U.S. Open. If you want to compare, what did you see from Matt Fitzpatrick and Will Zalatoris on Sunday and throughout the weekend? It is Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. the bill michaels show ben kenny grant bills in for bill michaels today he is back tomorrow 877-867-1670 is how you get a hold of the program beautiful day today uh it's a it's a good monday grant we're we're into Mm. summer enough that the the crappy mondays don't really exist now i myself i'm not a big fan of crazy hot weather i know bill is i struggle with into the eighties and into the nineties. Well, Bill's got, Bill's got this great pool tiki bar thing going on behind his house. I, I'd enjoy the hot weather if I was Bill too. <laughs> yeah. Has he invited you to the tiki bar. I have seen it. I have been to the Bill Michaels establishment one or two times. I, oh, you're a better man than me. Well, it's, it's tough, right? It's tough for me to get down to Milwaukee constantly, but I have stopped so by. Far. It is so far for you. It must be just brutal. The one time I went in to see Wisconsin play Colgate when they were playing at the Pfizer Forum in the NCAA tournament that obviously came to a crashing halt the (laughs) night or two after that. But I did stop by and see it then. But yeah, I'm more of a mid-70s person. But this weekend was, was perfect. It was my perfect weather. So I mentioned it going into the break last segment. But I kind of faced a disaster on Saturday, and I want to try to craft this so I I don't sound like a horrible person, which if I preface it by saying that, then I guess I will. But whatever. Here it goes. Now we're really listening. So Saturday night, I I was out on the town with a few friends. We're walking to one of the many tremendous establishments uh, in downtown Madison, and we're walking on the street, and, you know, there are people out. It's a busy-ish night. It's a beautiful Saturday night during the summer. There are many people walking around. So 
we're we're walking and we're probably taking up uh, the majority of the street. I, I think there were four of us. And I hear this very soft beeping behind me. So I, uh, I'm walking and I'm very used to constant beeps. Living in a city my whole life and now living in Madison, whether it's a car horn or whatever it is. So I uh, eventually my friend goes to me. He's like, hey, Ben. So I turn around. I realize there, there's a guy driving a, a motorized scooter. And he had been BBME for a while. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I walked to the side so he could pass. And as he goes by me, he turns his head, slows down a little bit and says, get the F out of my way. You effing a that is obviously a paraphrase. There was a lot of profanity mixed into that sentence. And I look back. I, I could not believe the audacity he had to get mad at me for walking on the sidewalk where like I understand he also had somewhere to go. But the, uh, uh, the the attitude he brought to just someone simply not getting out of his way for the three seconds I was there, I couldn't believe it. I, I could not believe it. And then I see him weave in and out through everybody, throwing some snide remarks as he goes past. And I, I, I was dumbfounded by the attitude he, he brought to this situation. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether to clap back and, and say something back to him. What are you going to yell at a man in a mobility scooter? <laughs> right. Like, well, then the problem was he, well, then he stopped at a, a corner store and got up and, and started walking around. So I don't know. There's no way to make that sound like I'm, I'm not a bad person, but I didn't end up saying anything. I'm not really a fan of that kind of confrontation. I just let it happen. Honestly, my first thought was, oh, I'm going to talk about this on Monday. Content. Then I went Content about my night, but man, that fired me up. I just don't get it. it it's like a biker it, or someone like when you're on something like that on the sidewalk, there are times where you have to be a little patient, right? So I have a, I have a question and then a comment. I will start with my question because I think this is important context. For those of us who don't spend time down on State Street, you don't drive on State Street. It's just for walking, right? It's all one big like brick or cobblestone, like there's plenty of room to walk and drive, but it's not like you guys were walking in the middle of a narrow sidewalk next to a busy street. And you were like forcing this maybe, or maybe not handicapped man into traffic. Like state street is a different street, right? Like it has different rules. Yes. Correct. You see, if you put it that way, I sound like an ass, but no, the whole it, reason well, my point is like on third street in downtown lacrosse, there's cars going by. It is a main thoroughfare. It is how you get from the North to the South side. If you, if you come this way and if you're walking forward on the sidewalk and there's, you know, a handicapped person, that's, that's tough. State street is, it's just one big, I, I don't know. I feel like that's different. If I'm walking down state street, I'm not in the back of my mind worried about being in people's way. No, there are no cars. And yeah. thankfully there aren't any bikes on the sidewalk because there, everyone bikes up and down the street. The only things that go up and down that street are cop cars and buses, pretty much. And then the occasional car that's going to one of the establishments, say, that works there, right, to delivery or whatever it is. But, yeah, when you put it that way, like, yeah, I guess me getting outraged over this very minor interaction is an overreaction at that. But then he, I mean... And he got out and started walking around, you know? So it's not like it was, again, if I put it this way, I'm going to sound like a bad person, but it's not like it was someone who was completely bound to a wheelchair, you know, (laughs) got up and started walking around. It wasn't fully fully out of commission, just, just slightly. Well, okay. Well, this is what I wanted to tell you, because we were talking about 
Jason Alexander like 20 minutes ago, and you've never seen Seinfeld, right? Correct. There is an episode of Seinfeld where Jason Alexander's character goes in for a job interview, and he had like twisted his ankle or something, so he's walking with a cane, and they hired him, so he thought, because he was handicapped, so then he has to keep it up, and then he gets a mobility scooter, and then they offer him like his own bathroom and his own special op, so he keeps the the thing up, and the episode ends with like a rivalry with him and someone else in a mobility scooter, and then he gets so upset that he stands up and starts chasing the guy, and that's how he gets caught. That's stolen so that's valor, isn't it? What was that? Isn't that stolen valor? Well, I. But that's like George's. That's his. That's that's a George thing. Yeah. You're not George Costanza. You're Ben Kenny. I, I, I can't believe that this guy had the gall to get in your grill like this. I'm upset on your behalf. Ugh, I, I don't know. L- looking back, I kind of wish I said something or just, just at least. Tires. He, he, well, that was that's what my friend said. Because when we walked okay. by, he had, he had gotten up and, and walked into a, a convenience store and it was sitting outside. But that that would have probably been next level bad guy stuff to do. But yeah, I don't know. L- looking not. back, I think I handled it well. I just I kept it internal and I was pretty mm-hmm. outraged. And frankly, it fired me up, which I usually helps, you know, during yeah. a night. But yeah, I, I didn't say anything. Did you apply that frustration to to your drinking? Did that did that power you to, to have an even more fun night with your friends? No, I didn't go that crazy. I, I will say I was money on the dartboard. So really, maybe it locked me in. I'm a big darts player. And by no cricket means or 301 or cricket, cricket. I'm sure okay. there are many listeners of this show. I know to the morning show that are like great darts players. I'm not in that class of I will not call myself great, but I love the I'm game. Great I played a lot. I need to hit a bullseye Then I'm done. I can't hit a bullseye to save my life. The rest of the board I can manage pretty well. I, I'll, I always jump out to a lead in cricket money on the 20s and the 19s. But then you get down to the 16s and the bulls. I can't. So when you would golf, you'd be okay at hitting the ball, but then you just couldn't putt, which is still the most important part. Weirdly, and I haven't golfed in years, the the part of golf that I like is when I'm kind of close to the green and I can use an iron or a chipping wedge to shoot it way up into the air to drop it onto the green. That part of (laughs) golf makes sense to me. The driving, not at all. The putting is whatever. But I like like the mid-range. I like the idea of like taking a a nice smooth swing and dropping it in like a hand in a cookie jar man i need to fix your lingo i there are there are so many improvements that can be made what, on, what should i have said is that just, not my mid-range game I, there are just there are better ways to craft that sentence when you're explaining okay. the actions but we'll okay. get there we'll get there okay. all right 877-867-1670 if you want to call me a bad guy you can we're talking brewers where are you at with this baseball team should they make a move coming up after the top of the hour about 10 minutes craig council deserves some major credit And it's not for passing Phil Gardner. We talked about that last week. We had a Craig Council grant, actually, a Craig Council Appreciation Day on the show. The day after. That's every day on my show. He passed Phil (laughs) Gardner. He deserves it. But there is something specific that he's done that I love. And people may call me crazy. I've been calling for it forever. But he finally did it, and it's working. We're talking about that at 11. It is Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sometimes I get a good feeling, yeah. 
the Bill Michaels Show. We're back. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, in for Bill. Grant, I knew this moment would come. I didn't know when it would come, but 877-867-1670. Let's go to the phones. Dave from Monona. Good morning. Dave. <laughs> First of all, if you're 6'1 and 250, you jack them. You don't let anybody, <laughs> you don't be anybody rude like that. I've had this situation before. And if you're, you know, if you're five one and 120 pounds wearing Lulu's like Grant, you probably, you probably get out, you probably get out the street and go, go on by, sir, go on by. But uh, no way. I mean, guys like that just they irritate me because, and then, and then, he, and then he gets out of his cart and goes into a convenience store. He was in a hurry to get to a convenience store. Now you don't let. I mean, I know, I know why you did it, you know, but. Next time that happens, no, you say something because guys like that. But again, if you're six one two fifty, hey, what are you going to worry about? He ain't going to say anything. Yeah. Dave, I will defend Grant on this. Uh, first of all, he's not five one, believe it or not. But two, and I know you're now going to attack me for this take, but I, Lululemon is a tremendous clothing brand. Mm. Well, you're on State Street. You're probably blending right in. <laughs> there it is, Dave. Hey, I I, I appreciate this though because you know when it all happened i did i couldn't tell if me coming back at this guy would just make me a horrible person no absolutely not because i mean when he when he when he um drove by you you should have said something to him it wouldn't have done any good it may have escalated but who knows but at least you know no you, you can't let people get away with that crap but that's your generation my generation oh here it you is know, you see my generation you wouldn't do that because you would have got knocked on his butt and first of all, he would have, would have been brought up right to be so rude. But I know you guys, uh, you know, wearing the fancy sketches and the, the Lulus. But <laughs> but hey, but it would be, I mean, I, I'd be more worried about taking Grant on State Street, bringing him to Madison, because you know, if you're not wearing a bulletproof vest, I'm surprised you were down there. You know, um, the guy didn't turn around and shoot you or something. Well, I, Dave, I'll say this, and I'll forget that last thing you said. I, I was shocked in the moment. I didn't really expect this dude in this motorized scooter to well, just throw direct shots at every single person he drives by. Of course you don't. And, and people, you know, in this state are, are, are too afraid to say anything and call those individuals out because they continue the behavior. You know, past behavior dictates future behavior. But just like, just like Milwaukee, leading the um, good council, past behavior sucking in the playoffs will create future behavior choking in game seven. Oh well this is gonna play in well dave because coming up next i'm giving him credit i think he has nah. done a tremendous job with a certain roster move he's made but but one nice thing i i am i, I am taking grant to a, a baseball game can you believe that my generation taking grant and his girlfriend to a, a chicago cubs game now, isn't that a nice thing we're doing for you know the charity for people in lacrosse when is that happening and why am i not invited Oh, you know, good, good point because Nelson Nelson blew me off. Evil blew me off. <laughs> yeah, you know, Grant's going to sit up in the club level seats and enjoy uh, enjoy company of Dave from Anona, and and I can't guarantee I won't pick on his clothing choices, but uh, you can look, I look, look Dave, you won't be able to see my clothing choices. There it is. Trust Please. me, I'll, I'll, I I will have <laughs> eyes and ears as he walks up, going, "Hey, hey, what's he wearing?" So I can make sure to you know, give him crap about the color, the color coordination. But oh now, Ben, you, you, you didn't do the right thing, man. You can't let people like that walk down the street and, and act like a hole. All right, Dave. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dave.
Uh, I mean, listen, I, because he because he said that I should have said something, I am now questioning why I didn't. However, I am proud of myself for being the bigger man in this situation and you avoiding the avoiding the confrontation with a guy in a scooter. Again, I, I sound like a horrible person saying that sentence, but I mean, it was oh. just the audacity, his audacity. I mean, I want a date for being blind. So, yeah, well, I mean, whatever. All right. Uh, whatever. We'll be back. Craig Council Appreciation coming up next. It's Ben Kenny. Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. The Bill Michaels Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.